at Columbus Business First, and this is Crisis Management, a podcast about running a business amid the coronavirus pandemic. This episode is with Stephen Harmon, one of the founders of Fusion, a Columbus-based fast casual sushi chain with 10 restaurants in the state. In the wake of the state's ban on dine-in business for restaurants, Fusion didn't just ramp up a carry-out and delivery business for its own food. It's delivering groceries now, too. Produce, bread, eggs, and yes, even toilet paper. How did it make that shift? How are customers responding? And could this short-term salve be part of the business model in the future? We discuss that and more. Thanks for listening. Stephen, thank you for joining me today to talk about doing business in this new, I don't know, I was going to say unpredictable, but that's not even even right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, ever, ever changing, ever changing area. New world climate. Yeah, yeah, exactly, for sure. So I think the best place to start is for folks who maybe aren't familiar with Fusion, tell us, tell us a little bit about the business, what, what the business was at least uh, prior to, say, March 15th. Sure. So Fusion uh, was started as a fast casual sushi restaurant. Originally, uh, we, we launched in 2010. Over the last 10 years, we've scaled to 10 locations all across the state. I think, uh, you know, God willing, and, uh, you know, if we can continue to persevere, uh, we'll be celebrating our 10th anniversary here in late May. So uh, a lot to be excited about, but I know we've kind of become known as a fast casual sushi restaurant over our, uh, over our last 10 years. And, uh, you know, this current pandemic and also just business client has had to had us thinking about what fusion is now and 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 ultimately what it can be in the future yeah yeah well let's go to um march 15th it's a sunday sure. uh the, the the governor comes out and says uh no more dine-in at, at restaurants where were you uh when you got this news and i guess what was what was your first uh, first reaction I was actually listening to the governor, you know, we've been kind of getting, you know, information. We're kind of, you know, I joke with my friends in California. I say, we're a week and three hours behind you. <laughs> um, so this, this was kind of happening across the country. So at, at, by the time it became, you know, official here in, in, in Ohio, we kind of had already made the assumption that that was to come. But until the word dropped, you know, we really we're hyper-focused on doing whatever we could to continue to leverage our, our, our delivery, um, our digital orders, our order ahead, and ultimately pick up. You know, for us, just as a business, you know, we want to make sure that we are doing whatever we can to keep people at home and not giving additional reasons for people to leave. So we kind of had already started to wrap our minds around, okay, what does our business look like if we go digital only, order ahead only, pick up only? And then Monday morning, we woke up and said, and said, okay, uh, what's next? And, and that's what kind of led us to, uh, you know, an adventure of, of, you know, whole produce and groceries as well as take home meal kits. That Sunday night, I actually had asked my wife, you know, we should probably order some groceries. Um, and she, uh, she went to Whole Foods, ordered some groceries, and uh, they weren't available for delivery until Thursday. So order Sunday for Thursday. Mm -hmm. And and we were thinking to ourselves, well, we have rice at the restaurant, we have avocados, we have lots of fresh produce, we have tofu, you know, we could make food for a, a while with just what we have at the restaurant. And that kind of was the genesis uh, to 
continuing to learn about not only the restaurant supply chain, but also how we can continue to move food through through it through the through this kind of new business climate. So it's a long winded answer, but uh, that, that's kind of our take on on Sunday the fifteenth. How quickly did you move to the grocery idea beyond uh, beyond the food that you're already doing? Um, uh, obviously, you had that thought to to deliver produce. When did uh, when did you put that in motion? We put it uh, in motion that following Monday, and you know we you know we grew up uh, myself and my two co-founders. Uh, we grew up in Dayton, um, and and our produce supplier was a was a close family friend of ours growing up. And we made a phone call to him and said, what do you guys have in stock? And he's like, dude, March Madness just happened. You know, we were planning on March Madness. We were planning on St. Patrick's Day. We were loaded to the gills. And he said, what are you going to do with all that? And he said, that's a great question. So we, really, we quickly learned that the supply chain of grocery stores and restaurants were completely different. You know, the food that comes in through restaurants is not the same, you know, it might look the same, it might taste the same, but it's not the same supply chain as, as what the grocery grocery stores do. So we thought we kind of almost had this responsibility to continue to move uh, food through the grocery chain, uh, or I'm sorry, through the, um, through, through the restaurant supply chain. We worked with the uh, Ohio Restaurant Association and uh, learned really quickly as well that up to 51% of all meals served in America were served through restaurants. So this wasn't just a restaurant problem. This wasn't just an employment problem. This was a food supply chain problem and with seeds in the ground for a spring and and summer harvest you know we're, we need to keep food moving in order to keep the flow of supply coming and so this quickly turned into not just a fusion solution but an industry solution and an employment solution and you know we we, we basically said we'll take on whatever we can from we can we can add to our e-commerce platform that is versatile universal that people can use at home you know, whether it's to make avocado toast or to make stir fry, we can bring that in and then redistribute it. Whereas we were waiting five days to get groceries from, from the large chains, we could deliver groceries in 30 minutes through our e-commerce platform. That was ultimately what we were trying to solve for is A, continue to feed people and B, keep small businesses open. You mentioned employment. You had 10 restaurants. What, um, what was your employment? How, how many employees have you had to lay off? Uh, how many sure. have you been able to retain given that you're, you're maintaining some level of business? Yeah, there's, a, there's been a lot of variables through all this. You know, with schools being closed, you know, many of our workers with children were forced to, you know, reduce their hours in order to take care of their children. O overnight, our sales dipped. So we had to, you know, take hours off the schedule in order to maintain appropriate la labor wages in the stores. You know, to date, we, uh, we haven't had to, we haven't had to lay off anyone. People have, have had to reduce their hours. Okay. Um, but as we've been able to layer on layer on new solutions for customers we've been able to add hours to the schedule even through this um, you know pandemic so mm -hmm. our goal is to is to continue to give as, as many hours as we possibly can but ultimately that is you know that is a reflection of the popularity of, of what we're doing with customers um, in order to keep you know people fed from a, the grocery delivery standpoint what um, what's available how does the how does it work and uh, what can folks get yeah, so we are we're, we're hyper focused on well, we started being hyper focused on on just grocery staples, you know, rice, fresh produce, tofu's. We've 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 done stir fry kits and just things that are are universal. You know, 
you can make guacamole with an avocado, but you can also make avocado toast. You can also put it into a burrito. And so we were lo looking for grocery staples, things that, you know, you really think about when you're walking the perimeter of a grocery store, not so much what's on the interior of a grocery store, but the perimeter. So think fresh produce, almond milk, rice, you know, things that are just, you know, readily available to us that we can continue to sell um, that, that, are, that are versatile in the home. That's been the core focus, but as this has taken off, we've brought other people onto, onto the, uh, the mission. So, you know, here locally in Columbus, we've been working with the Lox Bagel Shop mm -hmm. to help kind of round out our, our, our breakfast offering. So, you know, we have a breakfast bundle. It contains eggs and bread and almond milk and fresh oranges and, and uh, bagels as well. So, mm -hmm. you know, just another kind of opportunity for us to inspire other restaurants to continue to, to make meals and also continue to supply them with a revenue stream to keep them open. Have you had to start new relationships with suppliers or is this all through your existing network that you already built? It, it is through our existing network with suppliers. You know, we work with not just food distribution, but also manufacturers. Mm -hmm. So, you know, our relationship goes all the way to the farm. And many times we work with a distributor to simply make, you know, make that food show up in our back door. We haven't had to bring on any new relationships, but I do think that through all this, we have renewed our sense of partnership with, with, with our vendors. And is this through all 10 restaurants or have you had to close any of the restaurants? All 10 restaurants are open serving sushi, groceries, and meal kits. Okay. So, um, you know, we've, uh, we've done our best to keep our lights on. It's certainly part of, you know, the benefit of, of, of doing this is, is to, you know, continue to move meals. You know, our delivery radius is centrally about eight miles away from each restaurant. So we can cover a lot of territory in each of our markets. We've also leveraged um, our own fleet of vehicles mm -hmm. to kind of get out to the outer suburbs and the outer reaches of some of our markets. So we're really trying to, you know, think of Fusion as a grocer and think of it as a, you know, a meal option, whether that's sushi or our Blue Apron-esque meal kits mm -hmm. um, or, or even groceries. You know, people who maybe weren't sushi fans three weeks ago have a new new reason to check us out and, and you know, get food fast. How are sales, in the, since you've started doing grocery, I guess, how much of the business is now grocery versus, you know, your, traditionally what you'd be doing? It's been interesting because, you know, we, we're finding that people still want their sushi rolls. They still want their bowls. They still want their fusion favorites, but they also, you know, are in need of toilet paper and they're in need of maybe, you know, 15 eggs or, you know, a bunch of uh, bananas. And so it's really just been kind of a value add on to people's existing um, consu you know, consumer behavior. I think last week the groceries made just over 10% of sales. Okay. Um, and while sales certainly took a dip with, you know, dine-in being severely hamstrung through, through uh, you know, through the governor's orders, you know, we're hanging in there. And, and you know, if, if we think of next week over this week, you know, we're seeing sales growth uh, week after week. So that's been, that's been promising and, and it's something that, you know, is going to keep our lights on, at least in the short term. Bouncing off that point there, is this something that, you know, if everything returns to, to normal or something resembling normal, is this, uh, is this something that you, you think you <laughs> might consider continuing or would you, are you looking forward to just getting back to the normal business that you're used to? You know, it's interesting. Uh, you know, there's a there's a quote. I think Rahm Emanuel from Chicago is credited to it. He said, "Never let a good crisis go to waste." And I think that this, you know, this is kind of an interesting subject for us right now. I mean, do we turn it off? Do we, you know, create another, 
you know, kind of revenue stream from groceries alone. I think that's to be determined. Uh, I definitely think that this has showcased our team's um, ability to to pivot very quickly, to get very creative in order to create more value-oriented solutions to our customers. You know, do we become a full-fledged grocer? You know, I don't know. But I definitely think that, uh, you know, these meal kits that we've been doing, take-home stir-fries, um, those type of things have been uh, very promising and uh, something that, that, that certainly we'll consider in the future. Can you say how much uh, sales have been down? Oh, the, on the 15th, we saw sales dip by about 40%. You know, that was the initial kind of, that was the initial kind of, I guess I would call reaction to the market. Mm -hmm. But, you know, through, through the last few weeks, we've been able to slowly crawl back a little bit, you know, our, our own digital platform is up over 500%. So people are thinking of new ways to interact with Fusion. You know, to be honest, we, we have some customers that, that only transact with us, you know, three weeks ago would have only transacted with us by driving by, coming into the restaurant, mm -hmm. making their sushi roll and leaving. And for those people who really are craving what they're used to, we, we've been able to leverage our own platform to have them basically treat our our restaurant is an e-commerce opportunity. So we're offering, you know, free delivery for, for everybody within our delivery radius. You know, we're offering $1 sushi rolls for uh, the kids who are stuck at home, or sorry, $1 PB&J rolls for mm -hmm. the kids that are stuck at home. We're creating a lot of value on our platform and a lot of, uh, you know, creative solutions on our platform that are for people who are stuck at home and, and are hungry for what their favorite food, we are able to continue to serve them, albeit in a different way. Talking to a lot of restaurants in the last few weeks, and uh, one of the things that, that as, as you can imagine, that has come up is rents, loans, sure. other, other obligations that are out there. Now that we're a few weeks in, how have your discussions been with, with landlords or, or bank or, or your investors? I guess what's, sure. you know, are you getting assistance? Do you, do you need assistance? Are you getting assistance? You know, what's, what are those discussions? Like? From, from a landlord standpoint, they, you know, we have, we were very proactive in reaching out to them even before kind of the governor's orders. You know, we just kind of saw this coming and we reached out and just said, Hey, we know we're looking across the landscape of our industry across the country. And we just want you to know that this is coming and we're hyper aware of it. We kind of primed that discussion early for the most part, our, our landlords are very understanding of the kind of um, hampering that, that we've been under and the restaurant at large has been under. You know, as of yesterday with, with, with the governor's kind of plea for, for relief, I think that's been a nice kind of just codifying kind of statement for, for landlords to reach out to banks and, and take whatever necessary steps they need in order to create relief. You know, ultimately, it's my belief that landlords don't want to lose their tenants because at the back end of this, um, there's going to be a very different restaurant and business climate for a while. And so I think that we're all incentivized to keep the wheels moving, to keep our businesses in business. And, you know, with the stimulus package that was passed um, last week, I think that there's going to be a lot of opportunities, not only for businesses like ours to find some, some relief through the CARES Act and payroll protection program, but also, you know, for banks and lenders to create some deferment and relief in order to keep tenants and keep business in business. You teed me up very nicely for my next question, which was, going, right. to be, which was going to be about the CARES Act. What are some of the provisions in there that you think would be particularly helpful to Fusion? And have you started the process of, of you know, pursuing um, some of that? 
we have an amazing executive team. You know, Eric, our CFO, has been on that that string since before it was even passed, just kind of wrapping our minds around it, sharing information. Um, with each day, you know, kind of more information came out. You know, we think that we can take advantage of the relief in many ways, whether it's through, you know, rent deferment or loan deferment, forgivable payroll. You know, there, there are many, many, um, or I'm sorry, forgivable loans to cover payroll. There, there, there are many, uh, you know, kind of advantages that we can, that we can get from the stimulus, which it is designed to do. As of today, you know, our application is in, but like anybody else, we were waiting to, to see kind of what that looks like and, you know, how, how it gets processed from the state or from the, from the state and federal government, as well as preferred lenders from SBA lenders from the bank. So, you know, I think that we're, uh, you know, we're a good candidate for some relief and uh, we can take advantage of that. Ultimately, it appears that the stimulus package is incentivizing small business to stay in business. And, mm-hmm. and that's what we're trying to, to not only do ourselves, but also down the supply chain and keeping employ- employees employed keeping our our vendors paid as well so i think that there's a i think that there'll be a lot of benefits for us to kind of continue to reel through this and then come out the other the other side poll is there any type of support uh be it be it financial or otherwise that um you think small business such as yourself still needs that maybe isn't out there it's hard for me to 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 answer that question uh intelligently because i only know our business you Mm -hmm. know i only know how Fusion has adapted as a fast casual restaurant. You know, for restaurants that have had to shutter and close, you know, whether they're full service, fine dining, um, casual dining, I, that that burden of reopening a restaurant, I it is mind boggling for me mm-hmm. to even wrap my head around. You know, you have, you know, perishable produce. You have, you know, refrigerators that have, you know, probably spoilage in it. You have restaurants that have to be deep cleaned and reopened. You have to have vendors restarted and rebooted. Mm-hmm. So we're grateful that we can stay open and keep people at home and keep people safe. But, you know, for us, just continuing on in a new normal has been kind of relief in its own right. Whereas, you know, starting up from ground zero seems like a completely different conversation. Looking ahead, we already touched on the future a little bit, but mm-hmm. What do you think, do you have any thoughts on what the the market's going to be like when things normalize? Do you think consumers are going to come back? Do you think they're, they're, you know, what kind of potential challenges are maybe still out there after we get through this, um, you know, kind of constraint? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think that the obvious point is people have to eat. Mm-hmm. Um, and knowing that grocers can't feed an entire population alone and that humans are social species. I I believe that uh, restaurants will see you know a slow but steady recovery. You know some restaurants you know that you know have are notorious for packing people shoulder to shoulder might not be able to you know cram as many people into their mm-hmm. into their spaces due to kind of how social distancing has made us all hyper aware of of our social interactions. But I do believe that humans are social species. You know we like we like experiences and that as we recover from this epidemic, however long that happens, we can see restaurants and and food service, you know, work together to create new and innovative ways to serve people. My thought, my personal hope is that restaurants are such a part of the fabric of a community. And, you know, even here in Ohio, Columbus's restaurant community is a unique fabric of, 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 of the city. Cincinnati has a very robust 
you know, mm-hmm. chef culture and, and dining community from, in, from an independent restaurant standpoint. And I think that, you know, we crave not just food, but we crave the experience. And it's my hope that we can all return to a new normal that, that, that has some of the pleasures that we've always, that we've always had. I just think the question is, is how long will that take? And, and what do we do in the meantime? I think that, you know, we have a lot of positivity, you know, from the government helping small business stay in business. And we have a lot of scrappy restaurant people. We're just scrappy people that will think creatively and get our hands dirty and, and, and figure it out. Well, I think that's a pretty good note to, to end on there, Stephen. Can you think of yeah. anything else I haven't asked you about? You know, the, the employment question is kind of difficult because, yeah. you know, we haven't had to lay anybody off, but we've also, you know, just through the sake of the entire business climate, people have lost their hours due to either personal or professional mm-hmm. situations. And, you know, our hope and our, our goal is to continue to leverage our team to, you know, become delivery drivers if they need to, you know, continue to grow sales and create more, you know, opportunities for hours in the stores. You know, one of our stores added, you know, 40 hours, or 70 hours this week. So in an industry where, you know, most of our workers are, are hourly, it's a, it's a sales, it's a sales hour juggling match. And I think, you know, if I look back on our conversation, you know, I could probably stumble through that, that a little bit because we have employees that are eager to work, mm-hmm. uh, but we need the sales to justify it. Understandable. Well, Stephen, thanks again for clearing out yeah. some time in your day to chat with me this morning. 